Hey everybody, it's officially draft season, and we here at Upside Swings couldn't do what we do without Global Shop Solutions ERP software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Thanks again for listening. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. The podcast, you're, ugh, that's a horrible start. The podcast is the highest ceiling. Um, it is, it's not that early. I don't know why I'm stumbling over my words already, but it's just because I'm so excited. I'm, I'm juiced up. I missed our last podcast. Uh, Stone filled in admirably for me as as host, but I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, back as always, joined by the great Stone Hansen, the wonderful Cooper Klein, and the next in our series of guests, the impeccable, the genius James Piercy. Uh, James is a writer at Dream State, Dream Shake, uh, SB Nation's uh, Rockets website. He has a podcast above underscore the underscore break on Twitter. Uh, it's great stuff there. He's also a contributor for our favorite uh, website and, and YouTube channel imaginable, HTX Chop Shop. I actually said that right this time. I can't believe I said HTX that well. James, my friend, how are you doing? Doing great, man. Always excited to talk Rockets. Uh, I think this is a really pivotal summer, so... Any opportunity to talk about what might happen is welcome. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Coop Stone, before we get too into it, I, I'm, just, I'm just buzzing with energy, but how, how are you guys? Yeah, someone had their morning coffee. Um, I'm doing good. Uh, excited to be here. Um, excited to listen to Coop vent uh, verbally instead of on text about the Rockets. So looking forward to it. Yeah, this is my team. This is uh, This was actually the podcast where I first got my start with you guys a few years ago was the, uh, the Rockets 30 for 30 episode. So always, always a fun time. Uh, you know, I, this team drives me crazy. So I'm, I'm going to try not to be too delusional, too psychotic about them, but uh, I'm very excited about this episode and this off season in general. Yeah, so let's just dive right into it. Um, there's a, there's a lot of places we can start, uh, but let's start with a step back. James, how would you kind of describe last season for the Rockets? Obviously, there were some ups. There were a lot of downs. There was a lot of hashtag discourse. What's just like your general feeling about this team after last season? Can I say meh? Is it in in one word, meh? Yeah, I feel like every season for the past three seasons has been basically a wash. It it, it doesn't really matter what's happening. We're, We're obviously flagrantly tanking. So there's just so much static in, in every stat that you could look at, right? Uh, we've had, like, fringe NBA players in the rotation, and, and this year was certainly no exception. I guess the most encouraging thing about the 2022-23 season was Tari Eason's development. Uh, he certainly looked like a great pick at 17. I think this is the second year in a row that we've had, a like, a major mid-draft steal, and that's pretty much the most you could ask for out of a rebuild. You know the lottery picks have looked a little questionable, but but the uh, the mid the mid round picks have, have been very encouraging. Even if you have reservations about Shangun, he looks like a hell of a sixteenth pick. So, yeah. Other than Tari, business as usual for the tanking Rockets. Yeah, and, and I mean I love I I loved a lot of this team's draft last year. It, you know I wasn't like the biggest Jabari Smith guy, but I thought at three 
he was basically the right pick. I preferred Adrian Griffin Jr. to him, but AGJ was never going to go three. So, like, I don't hate that process there by any means. Thought Tari was an excellent pick. Still love Usman Garuba. Uh, whether or not he he figures uh, is a question. And that's that's the next question I want to ask you. And this one will also eventually go to Coop. But, James, I, I do want to get your opinions first. Who would you say, like, the building blocks on this team are? Not necessarily whether or not they're untouchable, but assuming – no big moves happen this offseason. Who are the guys this team is going to be built around? Yeah, I think in all likelihood, uh, at least on a short-term basis, it's it's Shangun, Jabari Smith Jr., uh, Jalen Green, and Tari Eason. Th- those are the four guys to me that I look at, and I'm like, when you're trying to project forward a playoff team, those are the guys that are currently on the team who ought to be building blocks. And then, of course, whoever we pick fourth overall, we can assume will at least be treated like they have the potential to be a building block, uh, you know, from day one. There are other guys I like. I actually really like Garuba. I, I think that Garuba is not really suited to back up Alperin Shangun, to be honest, because he's not really like a primary rim protector, like dominant drop coverage defender type. And I think that's what we need behind Shangun, right? Uh, I think Garuba would be better suited on a team that had that guy as their starter, you know? And then, and then you can bring him in and kind of switch up the pace and go a little smaller and faster and switchier. So I'm starting to question whether the, there's really a future for Usman on this team. Otherwise, like, KJ is a pretty solid wing, but we could sort of take him or leave him. And nobody else on the roster am I particularly impressed with. Coop, I'll, I'll throw this to you really fast. Is is Are your opinions basically the same, or is there anyone else you throw in there? And then I will also ask you, like, yes or no Kevin Porter Jr. is he a building block like this this whole roster is so weird it's like James said like the, there's so much static around the stats that it's hard to get an idea just looking at like you know general point per game statistics or anything like that so who would you consider the building blocks I, I would actually sorry if it sounds like I'm in a yoga studio like you guys said uh I, I was moved here by necessity but uh I would only have Jalen, Jabari, and Tari in that building block category. I think Shengun is the next guy up because I don't think you should trade him this offseason unless you can, like, get a star. Like, there's no – like, I am not the biggest Shengun fan. If you watched our uh, our live show from, from the 2021 draft, then you, you already know that. But uh, I think K- KPJ is, is tough. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk with Ime – or Yudoka as, as the new head coach, moving him to more of an off-ball role, uh, you know, taking him out of his point guard duties and like utilizing the elite catch and shoot three-point shooting, and maybe allowing him to actually like attack closeouts, which he hasn't done since Cleveland, and letting him be more of a secondary. And I really want that. I think he's kind of been the ball handler because he's the only guy on the team who can dribble, and. So he was kind of forced to pass, and it, he's not very good at it. He's not very good at being a primary playmaker and like all this stuff. He can't run a pick and roll. But I think moving him into that secondary role, we could really see him like play up to the value of that twenty million dollar contract, and uh, you know maybe become a building block. But I, I really just see him more as like a really good role player for a team that desperately needs guys that can space the floor and make all right plays and, and do stuff like that. Where I'm at, and this is a completely outside perspective, is that no one in this team is really set in stone. And and it seems in general, like your uh, GM, your decision makers kind of agree with me, at least if the wild number of reports are to be believed at all, because there is a lot out there. There's Jalen Green trades, there's 
hardened shenanigans. Um, so James, I guess let's start those with talking about Harden. Do you think the Harden stuff is real? Do you think it's maybe a, a smoke screen for him to get the max in Philly? And if it is real, like, do you think we're going to see other major changes to the roster to make this a win now thing? Or do you think it's one of those, you got your money and we're not going to bend this team to your will because that's what the money's for. Yeah, that's, that's I certainly hope that's the philosophy. I, I really think that to facilitate like short-term season to season improvement, that's what the $60 million is for. Uh, I don't want us to to get off of assets just for the sake of improving on a one-year basis. Because one thing that is very prominent in a lot of Rockets discourse is the fact that we owe our 2024 pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder, right? With top four protection. And so that informs a lot of, let's say, armchair GM decision-making <clears throat> about like, well, we need to improve. We don't own our pick, so let's make some win-now moves. I, I don't really think that's a good way to look at things. I, I think a 30-35 win season should qualify as a success. You know, we go get the best free agents we can and 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 move forward. And yeah, we we throw the thunder like a top 10, top 15 pick. That's not the end of the world, in my opinion. As far as Harden directly, uh, I, I do think that it's, it's definitely real. The best sources that I have access to say it's real. Uh, of course, I don't have like, you know, direct, like excellent sources, but I, I do talk, I have talked to some people that are somewhat connected and, and, and they're very much under the impression that it's real. I don't really love the idea that much myself, to be honest. My main concern is definitely with the back end of the contract. Like if we're offering a four, four year deal that's in max territory, I think that's going to put major restrictions on, on like roster construction and what we can really do with this team in a few years when our guys are actually good. So I, I would rather go out and get like three good role players at the cost of one James Harden. But I suspect the front office would rather just go with Harden and I can live with it. But if we start moving guys in order to facilitate like some kind of huge one year jump, I, I think that's a major mistake. Simply put, you could add James Harden and Jalen Brown and maybe Miles Turner to this team next year. And we're still not going to win an NBA championship. And now you've exhausted your resources putting together a second round team, you know? So I, I, I don't think that's prudent at all. But as for what the front office is thinking, I couldn't say that I really have a good read on that. Yeah. And there's obviously like, there are a, a, a lot of things that could come out of a Harden trade. Again, I mentioned that I've heard about a Jalen Green trade. I think that that would be absurdly premature. Now, I'm not the highest on Jalen Green by any means. I, I uh, had my issues with him as a prospect. I wrote a whole thing. One of the first major draft pieces I ever did was about how the Rockets should draft Evan Mobley instead of Jalen Green. But to say that, oh, he disappointed last year in the context he was in with the 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 talent around him, I just think it's it's – it doesn't make any sense. Like he's a player who needs a point guard. I think it's really as simple as that. I think if there's something positive about bringing in Harden, it would be that it would probably help Jalen Green's development. Um, so that, that's where I'm at. Coop, do you have any any thoughts on, on the Harden thing and you know whether um, you know a, a a lot of trades to to make the team better immediately would follow, or where where are you at in general? Uh, well, I'm I'm for Harden coming back but I basically just hate the idea of a fourth year on the contract. I think I would pay him as much money as he wanted for three years because I think after two, he's basically dead. 
right? Like he's going to be 36 worn out on those, on like bad legs. That's really been kicking his butt over the last two seasons. And even if he's like still an okay point guard at 36, uh, it's like an unjustifiable overpay probably by year three, but you can still by year three trade that contract with a first round pick and get half a playoff rotation because that's such a big expiring, right? Like we just saw the Russell Westbrook contract get turned into Jared Vanderbilt and two guys who can sometimes play basketball, but I mean, Jared Vanderbilt, you know, great basketball player. Stone knows all about that. Uh, but I, I think that it's a lot like there's, there's value that just comes from being an expiring and uh, like teams like that stuff, you know, even in a world where you're not going to be signing many stars in free agency, you're going to be doing a lot more trading for free agents. Just having a salary slot that big could get you a star if you added other assets uh, and stuff like that. And I I don't think the, the money is going to be as bad under the new CBA and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and for the same reason you said, I, th- I think just bringing in a good point guard is going to do wonders for the guys on this team. I think it'll make Jabari's life easier. It'll make Jalen's life easier. It'll make uh, Tari's life easier even. Like imagine, you know, a hardened Tari pick and roll. That's better offense than we saw for the entirety of last season. So, I mean, I would be very happy with that. Uh, I, I understand a lot of like the, you know, Harden, you know, he's, he's just old and bad and I, I get it. I really just want him to come in and be a point guard and he's the best point guard available, best point guard on the market. And the only one who's like, even in that stratosphere, right? Like, Oh, I'd rather bring in Monte Morris. <laughs> like Monte Morris isn't going to help the development of this team in the way that James Harden is. It's just as simple as that. Uh, so, you know, a long winded way of saying, I like him at 3 million or three years, give him as much money as he wants and, uh, and, and let him cook. Yeah. All right, I think that's probably enough on Harden. It's hard to operate with this team under the assumption that Harden will or won't be here. Uh, Schrodinger's Harden. It's it's impossible to to pick one without um, you know a, ignoring major options. So we'll, we'll probably talk throughout this podcast as if both options are at least somewhat likely. I would say probably equally likely at this point. I have no idea what's going to go on. Uh, it feels like there is a. And this, this felt very similar last year with the Rockets draft stuff. Like the information coming out of Houston is fast and loose. It just feels like there is a, a couple people with loose lips who have heard different things and it's all getting out. Um, so it, it's just kind of interesting. Uh, we'll talk briefly about like trade options. Um, James, do you think there's James, do you think there's any chance that there is a, a trade up from four? It'd probably be to three just to secure it would probably be Scoop, I would imagine, if they traded up one pick, it would probably be to secure Scoop. Scoop. Do you think that's at all likely, or do you think there's a chance they they move back from four and, and get maybe you know six and eleven or something from the Magic? Should that be that uh, you know should should the should the cost be that high? Like, what do you are there any trade options here? Or do you think it's pretty likely they stay put at four and twenty? I honestly, I don't think a trade up is very likely. Reason being, the, the only reason that a trade up would be at all viable would be because the Hornets want Brandon Miller, which sounds crazy to say, but I I, th- I think it is possible. But so, so the Hornets want Brandon Miller and they're willing to trade down because they know they can get him later, but they don't know that they can get him at four and, and we're picking at four. So like there could be a, a huge draft deal involving multiple teams with that where we secure Scoot Henderson 
but I kind of don't see it. I, th- I think a trade back is is super realistic. On the other hand, I'll tell you if if, if we're trading back, I'm comfortable with that. Uh, let me put it this way: I don't think we have a franchise player on this team, and I I, I think Amen Thompson has franchise player potential. So my I would opt to just stay at four and take Amen Thompson. But if the Rockets are concerned about the jumper and they don't like the idea of building a team around him, I can I can accept that logic. So if we can't get a franchise player out of this draft, then I would like to get additional assets. So I, I don't mind the idea of trading back, you know. I'll tell you my favorite targets would be Kassan Wallace and Anthony Black. I, I think they each add things that this team needs. They're both point guards. So obviously I think we need a point guard, you know, one, one way or another. Uh, I think that... For me and my basketball philosophies, I, I would prefer to get black because I, I'm really a big fan of, I think creative passing is a very underrated quality in, in, a, in a player in the, in the modern discourse. Everybody's very focused on like advantage creation and rim pressure and these sorts of ideas. And those are really meaningful things. But I, I just think having a lead ball handler that, that has a creative floor vision remains an invaluable quality. So I, I would really like black. I think he'd benefit Jalen a lot. But if the Rockets like Kassan, I'm down with that too. It's probably the best point of attack defender in the draft and, and he could space the floor and he's also, he'd also really fit well with Shangun. So there's that bonus. So yeah, a trade back for either of those guys and a future first or something like that would, would, would suit me very well. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely get that um, idea. And that will, we can kind of talk about uh, guys we like in, in, in a trade back as we talk about the fourth pick, but let's jump into that fourth pick. Um, Draft night was a, 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 or not draft night, excuse me, lottery night was a whirlwind of emotions for Coop when we were doing it live. He was very excited. And then when he saw it was the fourth pick, he got very sad. But then he perked up again when he realized that them getting the fourth pick makes it way less likely that they draft Brandon Miller. So for whatever that's worth, um, let's just talk about Amon, uh, because I think we're all in agreement that that's probably the most likely pick. The one really weird crazy scenario i could see is that portland doesn't find a legit suitor for three they draft amen because they're like well i guess we need a wing and scoop falls or it's something like well no i i doubt brandon miller gets past three um unless a team trades up to three takes amen and it's brandon miller at four but no i would say 75 80 chance that amen is the pick so let's talk about amen james i'll throw this to you how do you feel about Thompson's fit here in Houston? I, I love it. Uh, I absolutely love it. I will say that, like, I don't think he's a good fit with Alperin Shangun. I, I know that there are a lot of people that would say, like, you don't necessarily need four out spacing and with some creativity it can work. But I'm I'm not really seeing it. Like, a low block passing hub with a non-shooting primary ball handler, it, it just doesn't really work for me. Cooper's heard me say this before, but... I'm more a fan of simple solutions than creative ones. To me, I'm like, yeah, maybe there's a way that you can make these two guys work together, but none of them look as good to me. It's just like going out and getting a big that spaces the floor and putting the ball in Amen's hands. But I'm not that high on Shangun. Uh, I sort of, you know, I'm like a pariah on Rockets Twitter for not being that high on Shangun by now. And because I think that he's not that likely to be playoff viable, man. Uh, I think that a lot of people are using Nikola Jokic as an avatar for Shengun right now. They're ignoring that Jokic's arms are like five inches taller and he's like, you know, significantly heavier and stronger. And so they found ways, they found defensive schemes that 
use him in drop coverage and 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 it's viable. I don't think we can necessarily just do that with Shangun. I, I don't know, man. I would not pass on a man Thompson because of his fit with Shangun. So with that in mind, I, I like his fit with everybody else. And that's what I'm mostly concerned with. So I love the fit. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm to be fair, you're you're no pariah here. We're all with you on Sengun. Um, not necessarily that like like I was probably wrong on him, at least to an extent, because he looks like he can at least be a viable player, but I'm sorry, anyone comparing him to Jokic is delusional, not just as a size thing, but like like the levels of passing matter here. Just being a, a European big who can throw cool passes, it's not the same. Like, you know, like the, you might as well compare Dario Saric to Jokic. Could Dario Saric be the starting center on a championship team? Like, like I, I just, I think you're missing the forest for the trees there comparing Sengun to maybe the greatest passer in NBA history. Like I, I I just think, and even then, like you're still getting people who are saying the nuggets are a Mickey mouse champion or whatever, you know, I, which say, say what you will. I think that's stupid, but that's, that's basketball, right? It's, it's weird. I, and I personally think that there is a chance that they could fit fine. I really like the idea of all men said good DHOs. All men is such a creative cutter that that type of stuff could work out, but I, I'm not, I'm with you where it's like you can draft Amen and then play him in Sengun. And then if it doesn't work, it doesn't work and you figure it out. Stone, I, I it's been a minute since we've heard you talk. So how how do you feel about Amen here in Houston? Uh, <clears throat> um my vocal cords are a little a little tired. Um I, I'm not huge into the fit. Now I know a lot of Rockets fans are not gonna be happy with me saying that. I think Amen is the right pickup for. I think that is the right pickup for. I think taking anyone else is a mistake just because I think Almond is that level of prospect. I don't love the fit as currently constructed with who the Rockets are. I think it would take development across some of the young guys to make this fit really work. Um, Jalen Green, I, I don't love the backcourt combo. Now, it's obviously like one of the most athletic backcourt combos in the league uh, I get all that you have two guys that I wouldn't say Jalen Green's you know like an absolute sniper threat from three and I think that um, you obviously want to make sure that you have at least one of your backcourt members that is a huge um, asset defensively and I think Alman definitely brings that um, but you have two super athletic guys that are at their best getting downhill with someone like Shingun who who is you know operates 90 percent in the paint or the high post I, I don't love having three guys that are at their best in that sort of area on the court I think that there has to be some sort of change somewhere um I'm not sold on Jalen Green as like a top two guy on a championship team that's not to say he can't get there but I think having Amin next to him I, I don't think is optimal for both guys moving forward. Um, I think it's gonna Almond's gonna struggle a lot in the beginning. I think if he were to go to the Rockets, which he probably will, and I think that again, that's it's still the right pick regardless of how shaky the start may be. <clears throat> but I think that um, playing alongside two guys that are just not gonna be, um, you know, reliable outlets for Almond as he gets downhill because. Amin's best attribute is getting downhill and and deriving any sort of offense, whether it's himself 
or kick out options. And I don't feel like that the Rockets support that in a way that is optimal currently. So I, th- again, I think it's the right pick. I think Almond um, is, is going to be a great talent. I think to maximize who Almond is at pick four, the Rockets need some, some major development or, um, maybe a trade or two to, to to really maximize it, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's all fair. And and luckily, the Rockets are at a place where they can hopefully be patient. I I, I think um, obviously there definitely gets to be some some fit concerns if you would consider Harden on this team. I think that's when you start to really worry because Harden has we've seen him struggle in teams with worse spacing. We saw it with Philly. Like I think a part of the issue with them was that. And B doesn't like he's he can shoot threes, but he's not like a spot up three point shooter. That's not what he wants to do. So he's not really spacing the floor, and he's you know in Harden's way. And obviously, as Harden gets older, his his margin for error is even tighter. So I think there's definitely some fit issues, but we're all in agreement he's the top talent available. James, if the Rockets decide that fit is more important. Are you who who are some names you think they might reach for at pick four? And how would you feel if they did draft any of those guys? Right. So I mean, in terms of let me put it this way: if you are committing to a long-term future or even a medium-term future with Alper and Shangun as like the primary playmaker, the passing facilitating hub, what have you, then definitely Brandon Miller would be a better fit. I think we're all in agreement that he's not likely to slip at the same time i i I see worlds where it could happen to me all that needs to happen is the hornets take scoot henderson and then the blazers trade their pick to somebody who wants the six seven outlier athlete point guard over the the three and d wing you know so like i i think there are lots of teams that could trade for that third pick and go yeah we want a man thompson over brandon miller and so in that event if he's available I think he'd be a perfect fit. Uh, I just don't love the long-term upside. Like for me, I would I wouldn't be often to draft for fit, so that's why I wouldn't really be very interested in, in Miller, right? But certainly compliments Shengun better, and he creates more space for Jalen. And as Stone rightly pointed out, Jalen's really not like a long-range sniper right now. He's more of a downhill guard, better attacking the paint. So maybe Miller would compliment Jalen better in the short term as well. And then I also, I wouldn't be super upset if we came away with Cam Whitmore, man. Uh, Whitmore almost splits the difference a little bit between Amon and Brandon Miller that way in that he offers a little bit of shooting. He hasn't looked like a great shooter so far, but like th- there's something to work with there compared to Amon Thompson, certainly, you know? And then he he also offers a lot of that rim pressure too. Like that's the place where I think Whitmore ought to thrive early. Uh, he'd be great as like a cutter with Shangun. We saw Shangun and, and KJ Martin work that inverted pick and roll a lot of times throughout the season. I think Whitmore would look even better. So he would be an interesting fit for the team too. And I like his upside enough that I that I wouldn't be terribly upset. But I really, really prefer drafting Emin Thompson to any of those options by like a considerable margin. Yeah, absolutely. Coop, is there anyone else who stands out to you here as someone they could they could really reach for and, and kind of disappoint you? Uh, well, it, taking anybody other than Amen if he's available would be a disappointment, honestly. Uh, but I, I think there's a chance they could go with Jairus, Jairus Walker. Um, I think people see him as a top five guy. You know, we talked about him uh, on the pod a while ago. We just don't see him as that. But I do really like his fit here. I'll like I'll say that much. Like, uh, 
part of it's because he could get rid of Shingun, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, I think he's a good, like solid five defender. I think he can really pass out of the short roll, keep the ball hopping in a way that a lot of like nobody else on the team really can. He's a quick decision maker as a passer. Uh, and, and unlike, like I think Usman and, and KJ are the quickest decision makers on the team. They just don't have hands, right? So they can't actually like dribble or hold the ball. I think Jarris can at least do that and maybe stretch out the floor. I think he's at least a star bet. Um, and I, I could see us also going for Azar. I, I think there's a lot of scouts that prefer him to Amen just because of the shot. But I think the fit concerns are like less shooting, like the, the same concerns you have with Amen, but to an extreme because he doesn't offer the same advantage creation, right? The big value and why you go with Amen is because the Rockets don't have a point guard or somebody just who can create advantages over and over and over again consistently without giving up too much. And I, I just don't think Azar is that level of guy and he's not the same level of decision maker, athlete, defender. Um, and he's not a good enough shooter to the point where you actually like buy him shooting the ball for a while at least. Um, so I would be, and I feel like he, him and Jalen just project to operate in a lot of the same ranges, just they're different stylistically, but just two guards who really want to get downhill really quickly and just shove the ball down your throat. Uh, and I don't think that you need to be uh, over committing to, you know, scoring off guards. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk. Uh, that's probably enough on the fourth pick. I just think that it's it's kind of amen or or bust in a lot of ways, or, unless there is a, a specific ball like James mentioned. Um, and, and obviously there are some trade options, but the likelihood of those trade options, I, I would imagine it's entirely dependent on um, on Harden. I I doubt they trade back unless they get Harden. Um, that that would be my guess. Um, but they have another pick in the first round. And an interesting one because we talked about recently it with um, the Jazz podcast we did that this draft really seems to fall off a cliff in terms of consensus values around 23 or so. The, I, I haven't pinpointed an exact number, but like, like 21 to like 26 – the draft somewhere in there falls off a complete cliff and it just becomes anyone from 20, you know, say 24 to, to 70. It's like, they could go anywhere. Guys could, you know, who, who could go in the first round or they could go undrafted. Uh, and it feels completely random trying to guess, but being in that, you know, in that top 23, 24 or so is a huge benefit. So James, who are, who's like an ideal fit one or two players that you just really really hope fall to 20 that you, that you would be you know jumping up and down if they landed that deep yeah <clears throat> i have two players in mind uh one of whom i suspect won't slip as far as 20 the other might i'll start with that one and cooper's gonna get angry but it's Derek lively uh i i, I really <laughs> i i like Derek lively man so I mean, maybe I value uh, defense at the five spot more than Cooper, which would seem a logical impossibility. But I, I really think there's a real world where Lively is like one of the better defensive bigs in the NBA. Honestly, I, I think he could be an elite rim protector. I think he looks solidly switchable. He's got pretty solid foot speed. Yeah, he's super raw on the offensive end. But I don't really want him to do anything but try to catch lobs for his first like five seasons in the NBA anyway. So, so to that end, I'm like, just, 
you know, just handle multiple defensive assignments in a given possession and you're doing everything I need you to do. And, and I think firstly, he's a really great backup for Shangun. And also he gives us an opportunity to get some data on like, does this look better with Shangun or does it look better with, with like an actual defensive big? And I think I have a feeling of what the answer will be within, you know, two or three seasons. So I, I really like Derek Lively. Uh, and then I also love the idea of Derek Whitehead, but that's who I think I have a feeling somebody's going to snatch him up before then, because he's, you know, this is a guy that's shown star upside at a couple of different junctions in his career. We know he was playing hurt throughout much of the uh, Duke season last year. And so with that in mind, I struggle to see him slipping to 20, but if he does, I would be very happy to snatch him up personally. Yeah. I mean, so, so I'll say, I definitely do agree with you hundred percent that Lively's defense and, and you mentioned the ability to have like different inputs uh, or, or different data points. I should say not inputs, different data points with like, does this work better with the defensive center? I think that's completely accurate. Now I'm not super high on Lively, but I actually like wouldn't hate it at 20. I think he's probably an NBA player and probably a valuable one. Um, and I've kind of come around a little bit more to that, like just that idea that the offensive skill is not there. And he's another guy who, if they don't get a point guard, if they don't get Harden, will look awful early on because no one is going to throw him passes. And then he's just, he's out of luck. Like Dyson Nix cannot set him up in the pick and roll. So he's going to like, like he is another very dependent player, but I do like that idea. And, and Whitehead as well, like, very good, very high upside, also probably a dependent player, not someone who can really put the ball on the deck and create for himself. He's like a elite off-ball scorer. Now, his fit next to Sengun is better than anyone we've talked about. Like, because he can shoot, he's a great cutter. His feel for off-ball scoring is great. You hope, like, he's another guy who can show off, like, okay, how good, like, is Sengun just a flashy passer or is he a real, like, ceiling-raising passer Whitehead's going to let you see that. He's another player who's going to help fit the evaluation of Shangun. Now, maybe it's worrying that we're talking about guys at 20 who were thinking like, okay, we need to evaluate the player who is, you know, probably the most locked in of anyone on our roster at this point. So there, there's obviously some weirdness there, but Stone, who are a couple names to you that kind of stand out as if they're at 20, they would just be impeccable fits. Um. I think Nick Smith Jr. comes to mind. I don't know if he's going to last that far. I don't know how far he's going to last. He could go all the way to like 30. Like I think his range is super huge right now. Um, I think, again, I think Almond's definitely the better talent, like undeniably. But, and it's not to say Almond and Green can't work. And I think even if you get Almond at four, this is a good pick because the your best players are the whole way I approach you know roster construction and philosophy is like you want to maximize your best players and that's not to say green and almond don't work um I think they work good enough I just don't think you see the best versions of your best players when those two are together um I think with Nick Smith who again I think me and Cooper and Bryce are probably higher on than most people I think he does do that to an extent. Like, I think the shooting is really real. I think he allows green to get downhill a lot. I think um, obviously he's not going to be starting if you were to take Almond at four, but I think giving that ability to swap different backcourt lineups is really, um, really valuable for the Rockets uh, because I think 
Smith fits with either of those guys like really, really well. He allows them an outlet as passers. And once they do get downhill um, and he's someone that again, has his finishing issues, but if you have one of your backcourt members, that's really elite at that, I think that um, it really makes for a good pairing with either of those two guys, um, green or, or Amin uh, coming off the bench and, and playing those minutes. So um I, I'm really in on him. The other guy that I think makes a lot of sense would be Podziemski. Um, I think this is about probably where his range starts, maybe a little higher. Um, I think that he uh, is someone that really, he, he does somewhat struggle to get downhill without screens, but when you have someone like Singun screening, I think it, it works. Um, I think he is, again, another really good shooter, uh, someone that can really maximize a, as a passer and be your primary for a bit. If you want to get Jalen Green more off-ball reps as a cutter, uh, get to a spot somewhere in mid-range, I think Podziemski can allow him to do that a little bit freer and better than he was able to last year. Um, so I think both those guys, it sounds weird to say that you're going to get like, you, you could potentially get like some sort of um, really important piece of your roster, like maybe like franchise type piece of your roster, but I'm just so high on both of those guys more so than a lot of people that I do think that Rockets have an opportunity, especially with the fit and the, and the rest of the roster that they'll have, um, that those, that they could get that at pick number 20 with either of those guys. Yeah. Coop, is there anyone, uh, stands out to you as a, as a potential slam dunk at 20? And I should mention stone, you mentioned like, it feels weird to say they could get like a big part of their roster. I get what you're saying, but also like, I mean, probably the two, best players they've drafted in the last two years have come at 16 and 17. So 20 is not that far off. Um, Coop, who are some guys here? Well, uh, Stone stole my guys and <laughs> James stole one of my guys, but uh, it's okay because there's a lot of guys here at 20 that I really like. Uh, my favorite guy other than Nick uh, would be Kobe Bufkin. Uh, I am the world's preeminent Kobe Bufkin fan, apparently. Uh, I love him. I think he does everything great on the basketball floor. I think he has a lot of the like great fit points that Stone was talking about for Nick Smith, but I think he's like a borderline elite off-ball player and a borderline elite point of attack defender, and he can fit with any lineup and really just optimize the guys who are already there, still having a solid amount of upside. He's sneaky, young, you know, and just draft guys who are already really good at basketball right I, you know you look at him and you're like oh he's just so skinny it's like well he he still kicked ass in a really shitty michigan team and was like arguably their best player so uh i really like buffkin here i think great on off ball guard uh and the other guy is one of stone and i's favorite players uh Colba jones uh, here at 20 i uh, cannot say more about just a guy who can come in make good decisions really consistently and even if he is just who Bryce thinks he is, which is a, a scheme a scheme merchant, I think under a guy like Ime, a switchable defender who can just execute the scheme and really just kick ass and bring the ball up and you know get guys into their spots, I think that's really valuable. And especially if he's going to hit spot-up threes, uh, I, I think you can't really go wrong here at 20 if you're just getting like one of these guys who can really shoot or even lively. Like I, I don't love him, but... You know, there's a world where he can pl kind of play the four defensively and play the five, and I don't know. This this pick is hard to mess up, but it's also really easy to mess up if you uh, if you gun for the right guy. So we'll see. 
Yeah. So the only name I'll throw out in this like ideal fit that I'm really in love with is Daron Holmes for a lot of the same reasons that that James threw out Derek Lively. I just think Holmes is better than Lively, and he also um, gives the upside to kind of run some of the same stuff offensively, right? Because he is a better passer than Lively. He can't put the ball on the deck a little bit. Um, let's kind of move into like the solid, like they're kind of projecting this range and I'll just name some, I'll just throw some names out here real fast. And James, just let me know, like if any of these guys stand out to you as, as guys you'd really like here, I think Jet Howard, this is probably the back end, end of his range, but I could definitely see him here. Um, oh man, this is like, this is like a tough range because uh, again, I kind of mentioned that where the draft falls off is interesting, but like Jordan Hawkins could still be here um Keontae George as you can tell a strength of this class is like two guard sized uh shooters um let me just check a, a mock draft really fast just to make sure oh Jalen Hood Shafino ah Jalen Hood Shafino should probably go in the next section uh knowing all of us um maybe like a Max Lewis is like the top end of his range he gets some like top 20-ish buzz is there anyone else James who's like they're like in this range and you would be fine with it you wouldn't be ecstatic but you'd be like okay i understand the pick i guess bryce uh sensiba and forgive me if i'm mispronouncing that name uh am i <laughs> no it's yeah it's sensible i believe sensible yeah yeah he I, I i think he's he's a guy that could be in this range that would be really solid i think cooper likes him a lot better than i do but i'm not i don't think i necessarily see like a lead guard or or a helpful playmaker at the nba level but he's a knockdown shooter with good positional size. So I, I think he'd be a nice addition. Other than that, I think you nailed it. The only thing I would say is that I feel like I'm very out on Keontae George. He's, he's, he's a solid prospect. He looks like he'll be a scorer at the next level. But, like, we don't need to bring in more low field guards that score well, do we? You know, like, that, that, that's what I see with George. I, I know he can pass and everything. But I don't know. From, from what I've seen of him, I think he kind of likes to call his own number. And we, we need distributors and, and passers and players that are a little more inclined that way, in my opinion. So I, I, I would skip on George. And that segues us perfectly into like the reaches. Um, and I, I'm with you. I put him in that last section just because I a lot of people are there. But I think specifically for the Rockets, too, because I work. So he still sometimes gets this sell as a point guard. And he's just not. He's straight up just not a point guard. But I do think there is a chance that if the Rockets drafted him being a point guard needy team, they'd be like, oh, we'll put him at the point guard. So I, I'm with you. I think that's a reach. Another guy who I think would people would be like, oh, he could fill that point guard role that would be a reach for me is Jalen Hood Shafino. Coop, is there anyone who stands out to you as guys who you who could go with in this range and you'd just be like, that that pick is awful and I hate it? Uh, so I know you brought up Max Lewis, but this is kind of where I feel about him. Uh, I'm not the biggest Max Lewis guy, even though on the podcast we did, I think I came across the highest, but I was actually the lowest of the three of us on him. Um, I just, I don't really think we need another project. I think at 20, there's a lot of guys who can come in and actually do something. And uh, that is not Max Lewis. And that, I mean, I, I said him on the last pod, but I, I'll, I'll bring it up again. The Rockets do not need Gigi Jackson. Uh, just six nine guy whose only real skill right now is shooting. Do not need another project. Do not need another guy who's just going to look to score the ball. Uh, you know, I, I think his best case scenario is like Marcus Morris. Um, and, and we don't need that. I think our forward spot is the, the only spot that I would say is like set. You know, I really like 
KJ, Jabari, and Tari. And you could get a big and you could get a guard or a wing and be like, oh yeah, this guy will like actually have a spot in the rotation. And if you're not a really good forward, I, I just can't say the same for you. Uh, most of these are would be my answers. I guess the one guy I could see maybe this would probably be like a, the ceiling of where he would go is like Trace Jackson Davis. Um, I don't know if he would go this high, but if he were to go this high, I'd be very out on him for the Rockets. I'm generally just a lot lower than him in general. I don't think he's really in my draftable range. Um, but I think for a lot of people, he's he's a first-rounder. So, um, you know, if you were to go here, I, I definitely prefer Lively to to Jackson Davis if they're looking to get a center. And I don't think Jackson Davis fills the the rim protection role quite nearly as well as, as Lively would. So I'd be pretty out on that pick. Again, I don't know how likely it is, but I think if – I were to pin where his range starts at the highest, it would probably be around this. Yeah, that's probably about, and and that kind of like 20 feels like about the range for a lot of these like potential weird risers because of the weak back end of this class, a Jaime Hawkins could go this high or Ryan Rupert guys who we're all probably lower on. Um, and, it, and they feel like, like, honestly, those guys, as I mentioned them, like you just hear their name and you're like, Oh, that's a second round pick. But because the back end of this draft, it, I don't even want to say it feels weak. It just feels very up in the air. There's a lot of guys I like, but they're mixed in with names of guys I don't. You know, like a Kevin McCullough, I think would be a great pick here. He feels more like a second round pick, but a, taking him at 20 feels perfectly fine for me. You know, uh, I, I wouldn't like like a Leonard Miller here or something. But there's also a chance that of guys in that range, they also take one of the guys I really don't like. So there's a lot of names that kind of come to mind. James, is there anyone who we haven't mentioned who stands out as like a potential reach for you? No, Cooper stole my my pick with GG Jackson. Uh, I'm, I'm very much out on that. I don't think it's a good idea. I, I just think, like, I know that there have been questions about the kids' sort of character and maturity level. And a lot of times those questions end up looking really bad in hindsight, right? Because... Like there's there could be some weird components to how scouts look at these dudes, and I I don't want to dehumanize anybody, but at this stage we've had so much of that in Houston, so I'm just like, we should be bringing in guys that like have a proven track record of like looking professional in my opinion, you know, Bar- barring exceptional talent, and I don't necessarily see that in Jackson either. I think he's a long term project. There could be some upside. He's pretty mobile at that size. He's got fluid shooting mechanics at that size, but I don't think there's nearly a solid enough like ceiling to really be worth gambling on in, in the position that we're in. We, we have so much to develop. And so why bring in a guy that we, we don't even know if he's going to be anything at, at this point with the 20th overall pick, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that, I, I suppose we could just kind of start to round out here. The, the last thing we love to do is just ask our guests kind of worst case, best case scenarios. And, you know, we've had some interesting answers with that. You know, it, it can be, we've talked about, trades being a best case worst case or you know if it is just like nail the picks I, I like to hear some names so so James I'll throw this to you what's like your best case you know who are the guys or what trade like what's your uh, best case scenario for the Rockets in this draft best case scenario I, I think best case scenario on the Rockets for the in this draft for me would be they end up trading up for Scoot Henderson as, as much as I love a man Thompson I think the kid is like god a higher ceiling, frankly, than Scoot Henderson. But Henderson looks like a really safe star bet. And for me, I just feel like this is the last year of the tank. Our picks start to go to the thunder. 
you should go out and secure your guy. Get do what you need to do to to to, to secure that future. I, I don't think Henderson can really miss in the NBA barring injury. And so for me, the best case would be go out and get Scoot Henderson and then probably draft Arik Whitehead with the 20th overall pick because I I like that fit as well. Yeah, Coop, I'm sure you've thought long and hard about this. What's your best case scenario for the Rockets? Uh, Well, my best case is we take Amin there at four. He falls to us. Um, I would not want to trade up because you're always going to have to overpay to trade up especially that high in the draft, like to move up two spots. And I like Amen more than Scoot for what it's worth slightly, but I, I do prefer him. And then at 20, end up with uh, Kobe Bufkin or Nick Smith, you know, just one of those guys who can shoot, has some potential, but know they're going to come in and shoot the ball, play great off ball, hustle on defense and really fit with our star players and, and, and what we're trying to do. And then, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, somebody cool falls to undrafted free agency. And, uh, you know, we, you know, I, I'm going to be a little specific because this is my team, but I would love to see Kev McCuller like come to us in the late second, get him in, in free agency. Uh, I think just the hustle tenacity would be incredible. Yeah. And I, I should, I need to mention this every pod, but it slips my mind because like, to me, it just feels like, almost obvious at this point there's always a chance the Rockets like trade some bullshit to get like the 42nd pick or something like that happens every year just oh we just there's a guy in the second we like so we'll give you two future seconds top 45 protected and that way you don't have to spend the money on this second round pick and we will happens all the time so if they wanted a Kevin McCullough at 42 just because they just they don't have the pick right now doesn't mean it's not possible uh Stone what's your kind of best case scenario for the Rockets um I'm just going to go all villain mode here. I think the best case for the Rockets would be you move up to get Scoot without moving for, and it includes Shingun. I don't, I don't think that's really a possibility, but I think like if you can move Shingun with, with future first to get Scoot uh, to the Blazers, I think that's a massive W. Um, that would be my my dream scenario, best case scenario for the Rockets. And all men at four, I take it. it well, sure, why not? Yeah, just go all in on not like crazy, ridiculous, um, cramped court spacing, but ridiculous uh, playmaking. So, uh, yeah, go for that. That's incredible. All right, James, we're ending negative today. I accidentally mixed up. We st- I meant start worst, but I said best. And I was like, I'll just keep it. What's your worst case scenario for the Rockets? All right, man. So my, my worst case scenario for the Rockets is, well, I guess I have two. The first one would be uh, draft Brandon Miller. That's that's pretty much my worst case scenario. Let me just get a little rant off. We just tanked for three years, man, right? Like a three-year tank job. To me, if we walk away with a core of a volume scorer, a bad defensive big, and then in back-to-back years, we draft the best 3-and-D wing in the draft high lottery. Man, that is a recipe for first and second round exits every year for a decade. Like, I like our young talent. I think we have a lot of guys with all-star potential, but I do not see, like, a franchise-leading player. And so if we take Brandon Miller, I still don't see one. And we don't really have great assets moving forward, right? Like, like we're not a draft rich team. We're like a middle-class draft 
uh, capital team. So like, like this is the core, right? Like this is it. It's Shangun, Bari, Miller, Jalen, Tari, three and D wings, a bad defensive big and a volume score. Like it's not going to get it done, man. It, it's, it's not going to get it done. So that, that to me would be, I'm going to be very depressed about the Rockets. I'm going to be looking ahead to like 2030. If, if, if that's how it ends up shaking out, you know? And then the second worst case scenario for me would be understanding that Harden is coming back. So trading the fourth overall pick for it. any player that's like never made a few all-star teams, right? Like if we end up moving this pick for OG Ananobi, I'm going to feel really upset about w- w- the direction of the team because like, I really like OG Ananobi. I think he's an excellent player, but or Mikel Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> like, like all told it's, it's like, again, like, like what kind of a ceiling are you putting on this team? And honestly, a, a low one, frankly. So those, those would be the two worst case. I know a lot of people are worried about a man Thompson's floor and, and I think that's reasonable, but I just need us to have a player that I can look at and say, I think this guy has a chance of like winning an MVP someday has a chance of being a, a, a staple in all NBA teams. And I think I'm in Thompson's that guy. So I, I need that from this summer. I need it. Yeah. I'm going to guess we all are kind of in agreement with those being the two worst cases. I like, like you put it perfectly. It's, it's trade. It's draft Brandon Miller, a low upside player in general. Like I know Brandon Miller's getting KD comps. Just stop it. Just like, no, he's not um, watch the tape. That's not who he is. Um, or trading for a like good, but n- like, like floor raising wing. I want to say you, we generally think of OG and Anobi McCall Bridges types as ceiling raisers, right? These like three and D wings, you know, McCall can put the ball on the ground and, and create some shots, but they're, they're floor raisers in this sense, because like, they're not what this team actually needs to take. Like, the, the team doesn't have enough to have their ceiling meaningfully raised to being, like, championship caliber. So, Coop Stone, you guys have anything to add, or or is that just, like, 100% the worst case? Yeah, I mean, along those lines is, to me, just trying to make this team as attractive as you can to James Harden in free agency by prematurely overhauling and dumping your young core just to get like some sort of mediocre but but win now timeline um to attract Harden uh, and then I think it also leads into you know um your future cap and and what that means for you and and you know going into high prices for a mediocre team just to get somebody that is probably going to age out within the next couple of years so um to me that would be like just an absolute no go. I don't know how likely that is, but um I, and again, I'm not I, I'm with James where I don't see like a franchise player or anything. Um but I think there's probably a lot more value and a lot wiser ways to go about trying to to win uh sooner rather than later as opposed to just like completely overhauling your roster just to get a um an aging superstar. Yeah, I think draft Brandon Miller is like the key one. I think if he falls to four, I would be very in favor of just trading out of the pick, trade back to six and 11, trade back with somebody who can give you a lot of future assets for it. Um, I think the only one that's different is uh, opposite James. I, I think overpaying to move up to like two, if like the Hornets are like saying that they're going to take scoot at two, I think like, gutting yourself to move up two spots to take somebody who I like. I really like Scoot. 
like I, I think him and Amen are neck and neck, but you don't overpay and have to send out, oh, we probably have to send out like half of our future assets, like a Nets pick or two, you know, like we don't have real good picks other than those Nets picks, or maybe we even have to send Shingun out to like move up. And it's like, I, from pure asset management standpoint, I am good. Right. If you have to move up to three to get whoever falls, like if Brandon Miller's going to fall to four and you have to overpay a little bit to move up to three, okay. But I, I just really don't want to see us like, it is scoop or die. We have to get scoop. And there's like such a big uh, contingent of Rockets Twitter who is just so, so in love with scoop that like they, there's no, you, we will give up anything to move up for him. And I, I'm just not there. Yeah. I think. I think that's about everything I got on the Rockets. I mean, I could em- I could empty the case on some some UDFAs, you know, like hopefully Kevin McCuller falls. Uh, you know, we didn't mention Bobby Clipman could be like his promise could absolutely be to the Rockets at twenty, and I wouldn't hate that. Like legit wing defender who I think can maybe shoot a little bit. Uh, I'm in on I'm in on Clipman. Uh, I I just recently finished this deep dive, but like that's that's about everything I got on the Rockets. James, you are an absolute trooper, a true professional. Give your like final thoughts on the Rockets, this draft, and plug yourself. Let the people know where they can find all your excellent excellent work. Appreciate you guys so much for having me on, man. I always love talking draft with you fellas. Final thoughts on the Rockets. Either we. Draft Eman Thompson or Scoot Henderson, or in five years, everybody ought to look forward to that. Like Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., Brandon Miller, Alperin Shengun, and four first round picks for Luka Doncic trade because I think that's the way it's going. If 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 we don't get our guy, you know, so we'll see how it goes. But you can find me. I co-host Above the Break with my man Nevin Brown. It's a podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter, and I write for the Dream Shake, and of course, I contribute for HTX Chop Shop. Thanks again, boys. Yeah, absolutely. Go check out everything they do at HTX. That's, of course, Coop's uh, other baby along with this podcast. James does great work. Um, Coop and, and James are, are the basically the only two Rockets guys who I, I pay that much attention to because the, the rest of that fandom feels fairly toxic. But there's obviously some great people there. They're a team I'm, I'm interested to see like where things go from here. They're they are maybe more than any other team we're going to talk about in this whole 30 for 30, the team with the most potential like options that feel realistic. Harden, no Harden. Obviously, I, I, I enjoyed the Schrodinger's Harden. Uh, that's a fun, that's a fun little turn of phrase. Um, you know, they have two picks in the top 20 that could stay, could go. Uh, obviously, Jalen Green, Sengun, all those guys' future feels up in the air. There's no other team we're going to talk about that feels this undecided. So this was a fascinating discussion can't thanks James James enough go follow him everything that is linked below so you can read his stuff follow his podcast um and follow HTX he's at James Piercy 11 for Coop at L underscore Oop underscore Coop for Stone Out Report underscore Court I'm at Bryce Hendrick 14 you can give us a like rating review all that fun stuff check out the website all that uh is it's been going great so uh yeah hopefully this was all great uh this has been the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast we hope we hit our ceiling thank you We'd once again like to thank the people at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Thanks again for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks again for listening. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.